was nothing real. You were real. That's what made you so good to watch. Listen to me, Truman. There's no more truth out there than there is in the world I created for you. Same lies. The same deceit. But in my world, you have nothing to fear. I know you better than you know yourself. You never had a camera in my head. something god damn it you're on television you're live to the whole world in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night Okay, sorry about that. Uh, that I had to record a second part because uh, my recording program kind of crashed because I didn't bother to keep my iPad charging. So um, that's my fault, and I didn't really want to start over on my podcast because that's a whole bunch of extra works going all the way back from scratch. But anyways, um, so as you listen to that speech, that little conversation between... Uh, Truman and Kristoff, it's a very intriguing conversation. And it begins to get you questioning because there's definitely a comparison. There's definitely similarities between Psalm 139 and what there's some allusions to Psalm 139 in this scene. And this, so you have things like here. So you got Truman is 30 years old. He floats on a boat that's called Santa Maria. He looks like he's being baptized, really. Um, he looks like he's being looks like he's in cruciform at one point on the boat. He is looks like he's walking on water, and it looks like he's ascending into the sky at one point. And it begs the question, and this is where this movie is so complicated, to be honest, is what is the message that's carrying in here? Because there's definitely a message in here about faith. There's messages about what is true, what is not. There's definitely the 
the Platonism, the Neoplatonic uh, ideas of the allegory of the cave, as I've mentioned, that is definitely at play. I'm not denying that. But I'm asking the question, is this the story of an atheist? Or is this the story of a Christian? Or somebody playing with Christian, Christian ideas? And I'm going to straight up say there is not a very clear answer to that. And I think there's ways you could go on both sides. Because you look at the character that's, you know, Kristoff. There's some that will say, ah, that is God. This is the bully God who is entrapping us in this world of lies. And we need to escape and be enlightened. Which was the ideas of the enlightenment. But then there's also the idea that he's called Kristoff. Christ of. Christ of what? Is he the Christ of the world? Or... Is he the Christ, or is he a false Christ? And, I th and the thing is, honestly, I kind of feel like the conversation between Christoph and Truman on that, um, the top of the stairs, as he's about to leave, it feels very similar to the conversation between Jesus and and the devil in the wild in the wilderness in um, you know Luke Luke or Matthew chapter four, because I mean think about this think of the consequence. He begins he's in Saint Mary Santa Maria the boat. So he's so Jesus if you're to go with the Gospel of Luke it begins that Luke in Luke that he's born of the Virgin Mary and actually you know uh, Matthew also has the same thing. The two Gospels have the most extensive um, stories of the, the temptation in the wilderness also have the birth of Jesus. And so that's the beginning thing. And so you have that connection to the Santa Maria. And, and then you have him going out into the water. And he's baptized. Much like, you know, just as Jesus was early in his ministry. Notice, he's 30 years old. When was Jesus baptized? The Gospel of Luke gives us the detail that Jesus was baptized around the age of 30. And so, you have imagery of Truman being baptized. And he gets to that wall and he walks on water. Granted, um, narratively, um, Jesus walking on water did not happen until later. And the ascension is well, well after. But, you know, he walks on that water and he gets to the top. And so it's kind of like after Jesus is baptized, right away, right away the devil comes out and begins to tempt him, begins to try to assault him. And notice, he tell, I mean, he opens up, he says, you are, he, when Truman asks, who am I? The very first thing that the devil says is he's, you are the star. I mean, what Christoph says is, you are the star. It's almost like when um, the devil is telling Jesus, you know, bow to me and I'll give you this, I'll give you the world. I'll give you all the kingdoms that you see. I'll give you everything. You know, he's promising, this devil tried to promise Jesus a an earth, a gl earthly glory, a glory different than what he had. Here, you have Christoph promising that tr to Truman, that if you just stick to the world of lies, of his lies, 
then you will be a star and loved and adored by millions of, of people around the world. And yet, and so there's, I kind of get this, this in some ways, and it's not perfect, because Truman is still a human. And so he's, I mean, he's not divine, he's not perfect, he's not sinless, but it, I definitely am catching in this story allusions to the early ministry of Jesus. And think about it, what happened the minute that Jesus overcame the temptations of the devil? He entered into his ministry, he entered into the world, the, this world, to carry out his ministry. What does Truman do the minute after Christoph is tempting him to stay? He goes through that door and he enters into the real world to go about his business. Like I said, there's some very striking similarities. And that Psalm 139, it's kind of comparative. I mean, it's definitely at play in that scene. And I see it how, as a way that the devil... Is using the scriptures. He know the devil knows the Bible inside and out, and he used it against Jesus. He quoted Psalms to, to tempt Jesus, and here, Christoph is using a Psalm esque strategy to tempt Truman, to convince Truman that he's the God to Truman, and that I kind of get that. You know, tr right away Truman's reaction is, "You never had a camera in my head." Acknowledging that Christoph is not a true Christ. He is not a true God. He is a false one. He's a false Christ offering a false hope. And so this is, and now understand that still, I mean, in the context of the movie, Christoph is a human. And so there's ways you can kind of empathize to why Christoph is the way he is. And, and it makes you wonder, why did Christoph? need this fake world but nonetheless this last part very much seems to be playing off of the images of scripture I could be wrong that that's what it's doing and I'm going to straight up tell you when I do these movies I will talk about themes and ideas and I'm not going to be I'm going to, what I'm coming up with might not be what the writer intended because um, I, I don't expect myself to be able to call up uh, Peter Weir or uh, Andrew um, and uh, Andrew Nickel and say, hey man, I'm I'm Pastor Neil Weemus and don't cheat at Iowa. I know you've heard me. Why don't you tell me about your move? Probably not going to happen. And so, I'm, it is speculation. I'll straight up say that. And you can go on the internet. You can see people who have written and thought in both directions. Some have thought, ah, you know, this is this is this is a Christian move. This is movies giving some Christian imagery. And then there's some that are saying that this is uh, about the bully god. And who's right? I don't know. And maybe, and maybe honestly, it could be that Andrew Nichol actually wanted to be ambiguous. There's a quite possibility, because that is something that a good writer might do, is get you to try to figure it out yourself. And that'd be very consistent with an enlightenment thinking. The movie is definitely oriented and anchored and the ideas of the Enlightenment. And so the question comes, at the end of the movie, where does Enlightenment come from? Does it come from our reason and intellect? 
or does it come from the divine? And like I said, I feel like the movie is trying to get you to be thinking and conversing in that that question. So, uh, there's my comments and my thoughts on the Truman Show. Like I said, it's re- it's a, it's a great movie. It's one. Of, it is. I think it might be Jim Carrey's. Maybe maybe it might be Jim Carrey's best movie. And that's saying something because there's a lot of movies I really like of his. If I ever do Dumb and Dumber, you're probably not going to get a lot of philosophical thoughts. It's probably just going to be straight up. This movie's funny. It's hilarious. Whatever. Uh, but this movie is just a great movie, a wonderful performance by uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, like I said, the the music just beautifully used, wonderful directing, good, incredible writing, uh, such good detail throughout the movie, and this is one of those examples of what makes a good movie. So if I were to give you know on a scale of five stars, which is the typical rating system that people give. I would probably give The Truman Show uh, four stars. Uh, it's like I said, great movie. If you've never seen this, I apologize. You've probably heard a lot. But hopefully this will give you something to think about if you do see it. So with all that in mind, uh, I, bl- I pray this was a blessing to you and you enjoyed this. And I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Again, I am Pastor Neil Wemus. I am a pastor of St. John Luther Church in May City, Iowa, St. Peter Luther Church in Ocheedon, Iowa, and Zion Luther Church in Horton Township. You can find out about our churches at www.iowaoclutherans.org. And I invite you to come back next week as I continue uh, with these recordings of uh, the Film Society of Key Row, and the movie I'm going to look into is Gattaca, which was another movie that was written by Andrew Nichol. So the Lord bless you in the week to come. Amen. I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> yeah.